Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash millennialove. Over 180 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Millennial Love. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 26 of Millennial Love, where we discuss sex, love, and how we are selfish as fuck. Wow, that was strong. <laughs> I had to say it. That was so strong. Because it's been a minute since they heard <laughs> oh selfish <God>. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? I In case you forgot. For the cause, right. right. <laughs> In case oh my you God, forgot. <laughs> Everything is shaka. What did you say, Mish? Everything is shaka. Everything, Everything is flaka. Everything was she referring to Waka Flocka Flame by chance? Mm, I boom Shakalaka. Oh, I forgot she said Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> I boom forgot. Shakalaka. <laughs> Somebody must have taught, uh, was teaching her some little uh, patty cake handshakes or something like that. Yeah, that baby said so Boom weird. Shakalaka. <laughs> so how have y'all been? How was your week? My week was amazing. Tell us about it. The last week with my babe here, and we've just been really enjoying each other's company and just having a good time. I mean, really just, honestly, not even having a good time, just like being normal, a normal couple. And doing absolutely nothing yeah, like, and enjoying it. I like it. the normalcy <laughs> of like coming home to him and being like, babe, what you want to eat? Okay. You want to go out? Okay. Let's go out. Okay. What we going to drink tonight? Okay. We going to watch this show. Like, it's just been regular and I like it. So... We're going to party for the next couple of days before he leaves on Saturday. And yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to do the, um, have y'all heard of the Goodwill Date Challenge? What? Have no. you heard of that? No. So apparently it went viral recently and it's basically you and your uh, significant other go to Goodwill with $10 and buy an outfit for the other person. Wow. And it could be whatever you want and they have to wear it. It has to be gender appropriate. Mm -hmm. And basically... They come up, you both come up with fake names and that's what you, you go and you go out on a date and you act Stop. like what you have on is like regular. Like you, you can't <laughs> act like it's abnormal or anything. You have to act like it's regular. Who made that up? And I don't know. You know, somebody <laughs> probably did. And, and then you make fake names and you have to go by the fake names all night. That's cute. So Listen, we're going to do I that tomorrow. I will find the ugliest thing I can find in Goodwill just to crack up the whole time on the date. And I probably will too. I'm <laughs> I'm thinking something plaid and bell-bottom. You bell have to find like plaid pants. I literally thought of bell-bottoms. Yeah, that's immediately like, too, I was yeah, like bell-bottoms. So. If I can find them because you know, Goodwill, folks be snapping up stuff because stuff right. is coming back Why in style. Why you Goodwill got <laughs> right. some good stuff. Right. They got the treasures. Right. So we're doing that and it should be really fun. So that's dope. Shout out to my babe. What up, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, I too have had an amazing week. I Come went on, amazing. on That's two times. Yes. And I'm glad to be back with you guys. I missed last week. So yeah. it's good to be back. But I had a great time. Like, it was so much fun. We went and rented a boat. 
y'all and I tubed on the boat, like where the boat is dragging you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you flip? No, I did not. I was hanging on to that thing for dear life. <laughs> and then at some point, I got like really used to it, and I started like turning with it and like really hitting the waves, and it was so much fun. <laughs> and then I got on the jet ski, and you know, it was really feeling myself i think i went 45 okay yeah that's kind of fast did you on have on water. a helmet <laughs> wait, wait. so were you riding with someone Mm-mm, i was riding by myself okay yeah because i prefer to jet ski by myself i don't yes. like riding with someone right because i can't trust them driving. i can't control it and right. then if oh, i flip off yeah. that thing it I don't mean it's off, coming out it's turning off right the jet ski gonna be way up there and i'm just gonna be and in I the middle of the for you to lake. try to like come back come close to me without hitting me nah correct i ain't got time nah at all. So I was on by myself and I could control the speed the way myself. I wanted it to. And um, yeah, like really good people to travel with. It was just a really good time. We laughed so much. I don't think I've laughed that much in like the last year. It was just <laughs> well, like well, straight laughing. Shout out to that stupid crew. Stuff. We play spoons. Have y'all ever played? Play spoons. I love spoons. I don't even and know you what get spoons? completely drunk off spoons. So spoons is a card game where yeah. you have like if you have eight people playing, you have seven spoons yeah. on the table or whatever, and basically you're matching. And whoever matches first, they pick up a spoon, and then the last person that does not pick up a spoon. Then you get like an S and you have to spell out spoon. It's so fun. Like we were so intoxicated. Everybody was <laughs> laughing hard. I mean, like people, we they yeah. was about to fight over them spoons. No, like they yeah. wanted to get them spoons. Spoons is real. And it's even more real playing as an adult. Yeah. Like nah. It was it, a lot I've of fun. And when you're drunk, them. like your response time is slow. It's so, so you slow. get frustrated because all you're doing is taking shots. So <laughs> typically the people who typically like take shots in the beginning and continue to take shots, they're just going to take shots the whole game. Correct. But it's fun. Because you're slow. You're moving slow. But everybody, yeah. you know, but it was a really good time. I had fun. And you have to discreetly like take the spoon. Correct. You don't want to like yank it so everyone it can see. You just be like. And to continue to play. What do you match? Your numbers or your letters? So to whoever what? whoever has um like let's say you have we have four cards. We start off with no, we start off three with cards. a deck or three cards, mm-hmm. and then we the deck just constantly pass throughout the circle, mm-hmm. and then you try whoever gets four cards first, four cards of the same number first. You pull a spoon. Oh, but you and then just everyone chill. else pull a spoon. But you just chill on it because you don't want nobody else to know no. that you're pulling a spoon. Cor- yeah. yeah, you chill on it discreet. Like you pull your spoon discreetly. Okay. And then because everybody else is gonna like follow gonna you afterwards. See. Exactly. Yeah. It's fun. Oh. And so if you don't pull a spoon, like if you didn't get it, you were too slow. Yeah. You take you, a shot you take and you a get an S. Right. Yeah. It's fun. It does it's sound fun. fun. Yeah. It was a <laughs> lot of fun. fun. Well, sorry to break the uh, the positive trend, but my <laughs> week was all right, man. I'm obviously interviewing for this position. Well, it, working towards uh, the process of interviewing with this position, and it's just been like I'm not having fun because I'm doing a ton of research. However, I'm doing what I have to do to get to the next level, and that's right. all I have to say yeah. about that. You know, yeah. I don't want to put negative energy towards that work. goal. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I'm just doing what I have to do. So um, I haven't been turning up, haven't been drinking, and that's a part of my daily schedule. Because after you get this job, you're going to turn up. It will be a birthday of all birthdays. So yes. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> amen. I serve one guy. Amen. If y'all didn't know. Really? I hate when people say amen. <laughs> I just say amen and just chill on it. They love to holla. Amen. <laughs> 
You better preach. <laughs> or say that, preacher. <laughs> say that. I, I, I ain't gonna lie, I do be hollering out sometimes. So <laughs> before we get into the episode, y'all, I just wanted to quickly remind y'all to follow us on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat at Millennial Love. That's L-O-V-3. Also, if you want to live tweet us during the episodes, please do. And make sure you hashtag ML3 and also hashtag pod in so we can see what you're saying. And so other people can also see what you're saying. Pod in is a really cool hashtag. Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. I find myself lost yeah. following that. There are hashtag. so many podcasts. Yeah. In the world. So many. I mean, it's it's crazy. Right. I see a new one every day. Every day. <laughs> every, every day. day. In Dallas. Every, every day. day. Somebody DM'd us today and was like, oh, we're a new podcast in Dallas. Let's link. Hey. Like, I don't even, I don't remember the name of them, but no shade at all. I just, I mean, there's just so many podcasts out there. But yeah, anyway, we're really excited, not only about this being episode 26, but also because Neutral Sundays It's is Neutral Sunday, Shawty. Coming through. Like, it's Neutral Sunday today. Today. The brunch, the brunch has happened. The brunch has happened. It was lit. It, it was, was lit. lit. <laughs> and yeah, so this is the first of many. Shout out to everybody who RSVP'd. Go look um, at the hashtag Neutral Sunday so yeah. you can see us and everyone who came. Seriously. For sure. Coming it's... to a city near, near you also. Right. Yeah. And shout uh, on Twitter, shout us out and tell us where you want us to come next. I've already heard Houston. I've heard Atlanta. 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 Yeah. So shout us out and tell us where you want us to come. I want to go to New York. That would be Listen, so dope. That would be mm -hmm. a rooftop so brunch. amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So amazing. Oh my God, I love that song. Yeah, I know. I was just Love it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've just been, you know. So no, I New York would be dope. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I would love New York. But I have to share with you all um, something that happened. And then I want you guys to share with me what happens to you when things like this go on. So obviously, y'all see I have the dreads, the faux locks. Yeah. Um, it's cute. It what is. happened is I scheduled with this girl in style seat. Never seen her before. Um, I just look at people's work because that makes me think, okay, well, you know what you're doing because yeah. I see your work is nice. Um, she had on her style seat that she was off on certain days. And I thought that meant, okay, so you don't do hair on those days. Well, I called her and she didn't answer. And then she texted me back and said, I can't talk right now. So I responded to the text and said, okay, well... Please call me when you get a chance. I would like to consult about my appointment. And her response was, I can text you. What are your questions? Correct. This is two days before my appointment. Okay. So she texts me and, you know, said, what are your questions? I send her a few questions. Meanwhile, I'm driving because this is during the day. And y'all know I work and go see my clients, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. So mm -hmm. I can't text you all day. Mm-hmm. I need to talk because this could be a three-minute conversation. Correct. It took her the first time an hour and a half to respond to my text message. Stop. Correct. So, <sighs> anyways, the day goes on. She answers the questions. The next day, I called her again. She didn't answer. And she responds, I don't answer the phone on my work day. I'm on my off days, and I would prefer to text anyways. So I responded to her and said, I have an appointment with you tomorrow and I need to consult with the person who's doing my hair before I sit in your chair. 
Her response was, please respect my time off. I do not like to. What? And you are a new customer? Correct. I'm a new customer. And I'm supposed to just come sit in your chair. So the next day, which is the day of my appointment. Please tell me you talked to this girl before. I called her. And she finally answered the phone. Because now this is her work day, right? Okay. She answers the phone. And then proceeds to tell me what I want she doesn't do. You're lying. Correct. Which frustrated me so much because I've been trying to contact you. And the questions that I asked you, we didn't get to have a full conversation so that I could follow up. Not only that, this is the only day I have to get my hair done because I'm really busy over the next few days. And I have an event. So I start to panic Mm. because I'm like, she doesn't do the style that I want, which I just found out two hours before the appointment. I don't know who to go to. I washed my hair, which means that now I just got this big old bush on my head. Right. (laughs) I don't feel like doing it myself. I don't want to wear my hair straightened. Like I'm just going through, I just, I was just going through panic mode. And so that's what happens to me when I go through like crisis, quote unquote situations. I panic. Like Mm. I get very frustrated. I get hot. (laughs) you <laughs> start sweating start sweating um, I start saying like Jesus you got to be kidding me as if he did it you know right. what I'm saying like, wait, um, I, don't, I wouldn't know where near this correct I call my best friend I was friend. working on your other blessing right, right. <laughs> I ain't say you get your hair done anyway right. so I, I always have to call my best friend and like vent to her because she's gonna make me laugh about the situation and that's exactly what she did like we talked about it for like 30 minutes we talked about the girl you had you had to drag her like Correct. there's no way I could not drag your ass she was drag worthy and I borderline want to ask you what's her fucking name so we can say her name on here so no, nobody go to her correct so my best friend told me say her name but I was like I'm not gonna do that girl like that I'm gonna pray for her she may come she may pop up at Neutral Sunday's brunch but we she, I mean the next one right but she may get that issue also <laughs> so but Either it was way. just like what happens like, what do y'all do when y'all go through situations like that? Like, you think everything's planned out and you have, you know, a picture in your mind of the way things are supposed to happen and it doesn't. Like, how do y'all handle those situations? So, okay. Are there are there levels to crisis? Absolute levels. Okay. Yes. All right. So, a crisis like yours, mm-hmm. I would be heated just like you. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say a major crisis, like something that is completely out of my control, I'm extremely calm. Mm. Believe it or not, as emotional and um, impulsive as I am, Mm -hmm. I'm like extremely calm. But something like that, I would have been heated, like, like cursing, like probably would have go to her shop. (laughs) <laughs> and would have been like, bitch, let's scrap. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> like, because I got 15 up. minutes. I have at least an hour to bite your ass. <laughs> let's scrap. No, but I think overall, I really just, I, I'm I'm very calm. But like on the little shit, like little shit, that's what gets to me. And I, I to me, it's, that's probably more so of a crisis than what one would assume a major crisis would be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I had absolutely no control over this. I just have to accept it for what it is. Right. But that right there, I would have been heated. I think I'm I'm the same way, except I only freak out when it has to do with being. Mm. Like, if there's something that happens and, like, 
we have a plan and the plan is diverted, I freaking cut up. <laughs> I cut up. But then when it's like something to do with my family or like something really, really serious, I am super calm, rational. I'm the person that's like, okay, we need to do ABC, XYZ, this, this, this. I'm like the person like orchestrating. But if it's anything to do with being a child... I'm crazy. Like, literally. <laughs> like a canceled flight no, like, or like oh, something like that? Anything. Yes. Because, uh, yes. Recently, <laughs> we had a similar a situation where I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what is it? I just started just freaking out. I was crying at work. It was just too much. Yeah. I just went ballistic. Yeah. And it was something small mm-hmm. on the grand scheme of life. Like, he was about to be here for a whole month. And I was like... I was I was gonna not go to Atlanta to see him for two days before he was gonna come here for a whole month, and I acted <laughs> as if I acted as, as if I was never gonna see him. It was just really a fiasco. But that's I don't know. It's so weird. Anything to do with my relationship, you, I freak out. You know what's another crisis for guys when barbers fuck up your hairline? Because mm. it's like <laughs> the the haircut is done, <laughs> and I I I I have to pay you because you've done work. You've done work. But my lining is fucked up. And now you piss me off. And now you piss me off. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I used to be like so pissed off because I didn't like, I guess I didn't have enough guts to say something. Like, you know, I would just pay the full <laughs> 25 or however much dollars it is, it was. But now I'm like, I can't, I'm you you about to get half of that money because my lining is messed up. Correct. Because you was chit-chatting while you was fucking lining me. And you know better than that shit. Be quiet. Stop talking. Right. Can we talk about when you had a haircut (laughs) and he messed up your beard? Prime example. Remember when Justin, we were supposed to picture him and he was bald-faced? Remember that? (laughs) Justin (laughs) cut off his beard because that barber messed up his beard He walked in and said, I don't like it. And we were like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Let's look at it first. No. He immediately went upstairs and went bald-faced. Yeah. Immediately. Because he had me looking like, you know those fish that had like, okay, so where we have <laughs> no, like the jawline? No, he did line, not. No, he It looked did like not. I had fins coming out my no, face. And that not, shit was y'all. trash. It did not look like so that. So I cut that shit off. It did not look like that. I promise But that's you. a prime example. Like, barbers doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Not paying attention. Why they cutting that? Because one of their homeboys is in the shop. Now I'm like, I tell them like, bro, you need to like focus on my hair because I, I got things to do. Right. I don't have time to be in the shop like you do. That's a whole, honestly, that's a whole nother podcast, like, conversation. <laughs> oh, anything. Be- beauticianists bar- and, uh, and, and barbers, they literally do whatever they want, especially the ones that do hair good or oh, really not a cut hair. They're the most trifling, trifling ones. I think that's how this girl was because it was just like, bitch, what you mean you don't answer the phone for a new client? <laughs> I've never seen you before in my life. I need to talk to you. I have a lot of hair. What happens to me when I go get these braids and crap, they'll give me a price, like they'll quote a price, and I'll say to them, I have a lot of hair. Are you sure that that's the price? And they'll say, yeah. Like, And one person even asked me to send them a picture. I sent the picture and I got there and she still tried to charge me $50 extra. <laughs> Did you think I was lying? Right. Like, I have a lot of hair. I need you to tell me now because I went to go get this cash and I'm not going back, back. to get you no more money. And that's so you're going to break this hair for this amount that you told me. Correct. I don't know. It needs to be like, something needs to be done. Like, there needs to be like a barber, a, a barber beauticianist, like, um, like some type of a hotline where you can call or you have to go back to like training every three years or something for real but they, to hold them accountable yeah but you don't train or teach customer service yes they That's do true. you know no they don't no, they teach I you agree. the skill you have to like 
per- customer service is a personal choice. And Maybe they need to take some psych courses while they're in like <laughs> barber shop school and learn and, and learn how skills. to deal with yeah, yeah learn people skills because it's just like well Nasty you can't attitude. the thing about it is you can't really do nothing because their money is gonna keep on come their money is gonna come regardless that's what if they're, they're good. good and that's what that's exactly what I was about to say people are gonna go like man she get on my nerves but my freaking edges be laid I gotta go right I mean that's when you find somebody that's that good now it's just icing on the cake when they're really really good and they cool correct but that's few and far in between to be honest. Customer well, girl, service is a lost art, honey. She she really, 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 really ruins my day. Um, but you that was going the devil. crazy, homie. Huh, didn't know what <laughs> to do. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, this is the only day I can get my hair done. I literally had to talk to my friend so she can make me laugh, and then she helps me find somebody to do my hair. And I still got my hair done, whatever. But and it, it really nice. Thank you. It, it really, really ruined that part of my day because i had everything laid out i got you but i don't stay calm like y'all it don't matter what the situation is <laughs> a catastrophe or a small situation you gonna see it on my face <laughs> because i'm just gonna have a stink face i'm probably gonna be sweating <laughs> deodorant not working no more oh god because and, and i have to stay calm because the things i'm capable of doing is ridiculous. so you have to like Calm yourself down. No, yeah. It's just, yeah, but like, I'm really scared of the things that I'm capable of doing because. You mean physically or? Yeah. Oh, wow. Physically, yeah. He was just talking about going over there to fight the girl. Like, I should have went over there and fight the girl. At least, I mean, that type of behavior, it it deserves a check in front of your current client. So I would have walked up to the shop like, you literally just ruined my day with your unprofessionalism by not calling me back because you supposedly don't call back during your off days which i can understand that but at least communicate at least text me and communicate with me which is probably over the top and immature however that's why i don't you know that's why see i stay calm because i will say something (laughs) okay you wrote about that's below the belt that's completely (laughs) unnecessary and then once i'm calm i will feel really Really bad bad about it (laughs) so i try to just stay as calm as possible yeah but it don't never happen with me. <laughs> I call him a. I think I said he was fucking stupid or he's a fucking idiot. No. Something, something along that line. Piece of shit. It Real was really, rude. it was really rude. And I apologize on behalf, like on behalf <laughs> of that to. part of myself. That was not. That <laughs> was not that me. part of yourself. That's, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was Carlita Rodriguez. Um, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, Carlita Rodriguez, I love it. <laughs> We're all still growing, ego. so I'm sure just like us, our listeners have situations. So if you want to share stories with us about how you flip on people or how calm you can stay, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you go through a personal crisis, let us know. Hashtag ML3. Yeah. Listen, we have to do the barber beautician episode. Yeah. We just really have to, and we will. I don't know if it, it'll be a whole hour, but it'll be a good conversation for 30 minutes correct going in seriously and speaking of black folks and i love (laughs) y'all so much but speaking of being black and black folks we are going to delve into being black in the workplace because i think we've been dancing over this topic for a while but we haven't fully discussed it so are we talking about house niggas and field niggas no, still we're niggas. Not. We're not. Uh, nigga, nigga. Speaking of OJ, <laughs> let's just slide about real quick. Real quick, OJ is 
out, y'all. Or he's going to be out. He he freaking he just, made parole, y'all. I mean, nine years, that's a long time. Let that man be free. The sentence was for 33. Come on. And he's well, still you know why his... that was, right? Well, I don't know the whole story. You know why that was. So the so you you know the civil trial, uh, the uh Goldman's got thirty three million from him. Right. Wait, okay. Well, they never really and, got the money. Right. They but, won the but that's what they, of that, that much. was their judgment amount was thirty three million. So they're saying people are saying that that judge that sentenced him to nine to thirty three years, that thirty three is based on that thirty three million dollars. Wow, so petty. He's as like recompense for you know, everything that he did. Because essentially he didn't go to, I mean, he went to jail for armed robbery, but he also went to jail because he killed Nicole. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. It's payback. Alleged. Right. No, so. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. When I looked at him on TV, I'm like, okay, one, why is this on TV? But I feel like they put him on TV because it just remember, it, it, remi- it would remind people of like his trial back in the gap. Because he was on TV all day today. Um, and I'm like, y'all, just let that man go. Let that old man go. Like, he old. Like, he can't take no more. You know what I'm saying? Just they let him go. beating his ass in prison. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Apparently, he's been a model. He's been a model prisoner, which is why he got out. I bet. Them white men been beating his tail. I promise you, he done got a couple beatdowns. You think so? <laughs> Absolutely. You don't think OJ got, like, connects? Blonde hair, blue eyed white girl. Nah, bro, he got a couple beat downs. I'm sure. I think, but that that nigga is big. That's a big nigga. That's what I also <laughs> I was thinking. No, he's Who big. Who gonna fight him? That's a big nigga. <laughs> Who gonna fight him, bro? Like nobody. I don't give a darn what he did. He could have killed all the white people. Ain't nobody gonna step <laughs> up to freaking OJ. Plus, OJ is like, apparently, I didn't know this. I was, I went to a mediation recently and I was talking to some older women and they were telling me like, people are still obsessed with OJ. People still send him fan mail. What? Like, really? they are like, people are like still crying and passing out when they see him. I don't like believe some, that. I'm just saying. Like some I, old Michael Jackson type. I don't believe that. That's Listen, I if told. I was in prison with OJ, I would try to get cool with him because one day he would be out, one day I would be out, and then maybe we can like he can put me on some kind of way, you know. Put you on what? I don't he know, needs like to sit connect his black me. ass down. <laughs> OJ is he old bankrupt. and he need to sit down. I would be a jailbird opportunist. Uh OJ <laughs> is not bankrupt. OJ has hella money from the NFL that nobody can touch because it's a part of his pension plan because he retired from the NFL. So he made over $650,000 while he was sitting in jail. But his house was in foreclosure. Yeah, because he didn't have, those funds weren't liquid. Oh. They're liquid now that he's about to get out of jail because he's the only person that, like, can nobody touch it but him. Listen, OJ, go buy you a nice little $500,000 condo. And, and just chill. Down. Just but sit you know down. You know he's not gonna. He cannot. You don't think so? No. I cannot. <laughs> he cannot. Anyway, enough of the OJ Simpson talk. So we talk about being black at work, and that is just such a loaded statement in and of itself, first of all. But I just wanted to talk to y'all about some situations that y'all have been in as a black millennial at work, how you dealt with it, and just to go through some of the double standards we have to deal with on a daily basis, some of the issues with conforming to corporate culture, 
what your silent rebellion is in the office and how do you feel comfortable and how do you make yourself feel comfortable in the office? So worst experience you've ever had as a black millennial at work? I think my worst experience happens very often. And that's when I'm on work events or I'm going on to like a, on a business trip and it's all, it's me plus the others. And it's it's when I don't feel I don't I don't want to say I don't feel comfortable with talking to them, but it's when I realize that we rarely have things in common, mm. but work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like a reminder that you know, I don't know. It's it's to the point where I just I've just accepted the fact that we're completely different. Like white and black people, we're I, and I hate to just generalize it like this, but in the work field. I don't I'm I don't necessarily connect with most of them. So whenever whenever I am on these work these business trips um it's just awkward. It's weird. Like I feel like I'm forcing my conversations. Like I and you know yes. it's just like it doesn't come as nat it's like it's not natural. I can't I find myself responding in ways that they would respond. Um I find myself you know one I don't one I really don't know how to like have just like surface conversation like most of my friends most of the people that i've that i center center myself around like i'm automatically talking about like deep situational things Mm -hmm. um so it's a challenge for me like from that point um but even beyond that it's just like i don't know what it is i can't really i can't really describe it but i would love to see i would love to work with more black people just so I can feel a little bit more comfortable and that, you know, these corporate companies can break some barriers because Mm. I mean, there are a ton of like intelligent, smart, um, successful African-American people, Mm -hmm. um, who just needs an opportunity. Right. Um, so it's not one particular worst experience, but it's just like, um, overall. overall. And I think that's one of the main things that I hate because I feel like I have a lot to offer. Uh huh. And unfortunately, I'm unable to, um, you know, I'm unable to I'm unable to give more of me because of that that barrier. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's from on my end or their end, um, but it is it's 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 something I can't really I don't know. What about you, Mish? So, um, y'all know that I do the needs assessments for people that are either homicidal or suicidal. And in doing those things, I go to emergency rooms Mm -hmm. and I have to work with the nurses, the doctors, um, and of course the family that's there. My worst experience um, was at a hospital here in Dallas, downtown, where the nurses are all these blonde hair, blue eyes, Itty bitty things. They look like they eat salad for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because <laughs> they, they probably do. They do. They run at five o'clock in the morning. They do yoga. They do yoga every day. And they have two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like that. Um, there's one time in particular, basically, this nurse just questioned me. As if, one, I was a child, Mm. and two, that I was working for her. Mm. And I felt like, and it may not have been because I was black. That's just the way I felt. Mm -hmm. Because I'm in here with all these 
Caucasian doctors and all these Caucasian nurses. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're questioning my judgment mm -hmm. because I'm young and I'm black. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And I don't work for you. I work for an entirely different hospital. We come in this hospital to help y'all. Right. And if I tell you that this patient is going to go to a psych hospital, just not right now, that is what it is. The end of the conversation. Mm -hmm. This girl tried to give me a phone so that she could keep track of where I was in the hospital. Please. While what? I was there. Please. Correct. She handed me that phone and I took it. And I looked down at it, and I set it down, and I said, this will be right here when you come back. And I walked off. <laughs> you got the wrong one today. And right. I want you to call my supervisor because she knows how I am. I don't play games like that. You are not my supervisor. I don't work for this hospital or you. Why would you do that? Correct. And if you were able to make the decisions, y'all wouldn't have called me. But I am the one that went to school and studied psychology and got the license that I have. But the good thing about this is that every time I run into doctors, they always side with me. I've not run into a doctor yet that has been against what I said. Your mm. recommendation for the, for the patient? For the patient. Mm. They always are very receptive of what I'm saying. Mm. And so it was just like, whatever. I almost want to call her a little girl. I was like, whatever, little girl. <laughs> but that's just been my worst experience in my career when it comes to interaction with an other yeah i just felt like she thought she was superior yeah and i couldn't understand why you have let me not say that lord yeah we yeah we can't like, let's, we, let's, let's we, let susan live what about you Cara? i got heated again <laughs> <laughs> so my experience was actually um somewhat similar to yours well, not really it, it wasn't nobody tried to question my abilities but um so let, let me just tell the story so <clears throat> There's this particular lawyer who's more senior than I am, but who's not a partner, um, who asked me to do some research for him to find uh, some cases that supported a particular position that he wanted to um, put forth in a in a in a brief to the court. And so I went and I did the research and I found two or three state Texas state cases in the in the to give you some background. Whenever you're in state court, you know you use state court cases to for that particular position. And if you're in federal court, you use federal court cases. Mm -hmm. So we're in state court. I found these state court cases. I also found this federal case that was pretty much saying the same things that the state court case was saying, but I didn't give that to him because we aren't in federal court. We're in state court. So I give him the cases and he comes in my office and he closes the door. And so I felt a little bit weird. First of all, like, why are you closing my are you door? closing my door? My door. And then it just was weird. So he came. He was like, hey, I, thank you so much for, you know, getting me those cases. But, you know, you missed a case, this particular federal case. Um, and I found it, you know. But, you know, you just have to be more careful and, you know, trying to scold me, which I didn't. I mean, I appreciated that part of it. I didn't get mad about that. So, um. I was like, well, and I explained like, hey, it's not, you know, state court, it's not federal court, but I understand. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. So I was like, well, why did you close the door? He was like, oh, well, I thought you so was going. So you ask him, you ask him. Yeah. That, right? He was like, oh, well, I thought you were going to get mad and upset, you know, and so I had to make sure that like, you know, we were behind closed doors. And so I was like, what? Have I ever gotten mad or upset when you gave me constructive criticism? 
No. What makes you think no. that today is the time where I'm just going to go off on you in my office because you told me that, you know, you felt like I could do something better? He was like, I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't. And I was like, I've never, like, we have, he and I have this thing where we, I mean, we argue. It's not an argument, but we go back and forth about, like, he'll be like, well, this is my position. I'll be like, well, this is how I think you should look at it. Look at it from this way. Look at it. So we kind of go back and forth like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> and we went back and forth about this, this, these cases before, not in an argumentative way, but in like a, okay, do you see my point way? And so he was like, I mean, you know, we go back and forth. And I was like, but do I get mad? Like, I'm not mad or angry. I'm not yelling at you. If anything, we're both talking at the same, you know, same place that we are now. So I was like, why would you say that? And of course, I mean, he didn't say this, but it's because I'm a black woman. Like, you assume that I'm going to be angry. Right. Which is not fair. You know? And so that really, like, really, like, rubbed me the wrong way. I'm surprised he was really honest with you. Because I thought he would have just been like, oh, I just closed the door, you know, just to keep the conversation between you and I, not tell the truth. Yeah, not really tell the truth of how he felt, which means I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of like weird. It was a weird one. And he's Hispanic. So it was also weird because he's not a white man. What is he white? Let me tell you. Yes. Okay. Is he what? Yeah, he's he's white. Hispanic. Oh. His, you know, because ethnicity and race are different. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he does, I think, identify as white. He's married to a white woman. His kid is white, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. But it just really kind of threw me for a loop. And I, the way I handled it was I just, I was very, like, aggressive with him. Like, when have I ever gotten angry with you? Yeah. Now, I mean, I didn't say this, but now I'm angry because you're yeah, trying right. to tell me I'm going to get angry. Like, you don't know me like that. From and that those level. are those. I feel like that's a microaggression where, like, unfortunately, we have to deal with or not deal with, but we have to experience because now you're having to defend yourself whenever. I mean, there's no reason for you to even be defending yourself. Well, you're having to defend yourself off of his assumption of what he thought you would do yeah which is not fair yeah so now i'm now i'm you feeling you feeling a little frustration from me and then the question next is why are you getting defensive exactly which we're gonna get into because that's a part of the double standard with attitude uh for sure are you guys the only black in your office or are you one of less than let's say less than 10 percent i am only? Are you the only? No, less than, I would say less than 5%. Less than 5%? Yeah. What about you? In my department, it's probably about 10%. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my entire firm, it is 7%. Mm. And that's about 300 attorneys. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, only one black partner in the entire firm. Yeah. So, um, also in your position, have you ever been assumed to not have your position or to be something lower? So I know your, your experience you just talked about, it was kind of that. Have, have you ever had somebody be like, you know, just kind of like wave you off because they didn't think that you were who you were? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what she did. Yeah. Um, I think she was more so upset because, you know, they didn't, the other part of it was that they didn't want to deal. They have a lot, it's downtown Dallas, so they have a lot of homeless people coming to the hospital. Yeah. A lot of homeless black people. Yeah. She, they don't want to deal with the patients, so she wasn't happy with 
the fact that the patient couldn't leave. I mean, that's an insurance issue. Not it has nothing to do with me. Gotcha. Right. But right. I, also, I felt like she was. Yeah, like I'm the help. You gonna give me a phone so you can keep track of me? I'm not a May Lee on the damn field. This is not 1903. <laughs> right. Mainly, I said, it's what are you talking I love May. Mainly. <laughs> I love it. They love to add a Lee in there. That's happened to me recently. I went to, uh, I had a hearing in Baird, Texas, which is right outside of Abilene. Oh, so it's, I mean, population yeah. 1,500. Yeah. 0.01% black people. So I'm sitting in the court with a full suit on. B- like binders upon binders of stuff because I'm about to argue a motion. Opposing counsel who I had never met, but I knew what he looked like because I looked him up online because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Passes, bypasses me, asks every white woman in the courtroom if oh, they wow. are here for this hearing. Wow. And once he asked everybody, then he came back to me. Wow. I wanted to be petty so bad, but I was like, "Car, just chill on it. Because that's yeah. all you need is like, I mean, because I knew I was going to lose the motion anyway. Like the motion was already lost. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. But I did, I do make it a point to always like throw in my accomplishments in situations like that. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I have to overcompensate. Yeah. And so he was like, oh, are you Cara or Kara? Of course he said Kara. I was like, yes, I'm Cara. How are mm-hmm. you? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. And tried to act like everything was cool. And I'm just like. Dead. <laughs> really? And I've been in a courtroom before where they have been like, oh, are you the court reporter? I'm oh, like, wow. really? That's so sad. Really? Yeah. So it happens all the time. Has it happened to you before? Yeah, it does. Um, I guess, like, my specialty in farm sales, like, it's, it's I get more, I get it more so when I walk into offices because. And my industry is typically youthful, yeah, young people, and then on top of that, youthful white white people. Yeah, you know. So whenever I walk in, it's like, uh, okay, who's this black nigga? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the reception is looking at me stupid. The MA is looking at me stupid. The doctors, believe it or not, are actually like they're fine. It's mm-hmm. their workers. That I get like the most issues with, and I'm like, bitch, I mean, way more than you. Correct. Please, I don't, I don't get, get that, that at all. The right. doctors are cool. The doctors are cool. Believe it or not, I mean, the only thing I deal with providers and doctors are like just their personalities, because I think most MDs they're just like awkward people, or yeah. they, you know, they lack social skills. They, they're yeah, they, so smart. yeah, they, yeah, right. So, and I, come, I, I talk to them clinically. That's how I get to them, but. It's like the the nurses, is, and it's not even like RNs. These are medical assistants, correct? That are drawing blood only. Exactly. Or a you know, just it's like a, it's like a help. That's not. I ain't want to talk about y'all <laughs> no, that no, do no, phlebotomy. No, no. I mean, and, and, and I'm only I'm only talking uh, talking about them in this way because I sense them like judging me um, before they even get to know me. Um, I I mean, even like especially God forbid, like I'm in a new territory, like. Sometimes it takes me like three or four times to be able to get back like in the back of an office because Are you serious? Yeah, because prime example, this is I'm I'm so happy we're doing this. Yesterday I walked into an office, the receptionist was um talking to like a patient, right? Uh-huh. I'm assuming like doing something with a patient. She looks over to me and so she was like, Do you have an appointment? In this particular office, you have to have an appointment or you have to do a lunch or a breakfast in order to see the provider, right? Okay. And so she was like, Do you have an appointment? I was like, No, I'm here to schedule an appointment, right? 
So I'm waiting on them to finish deal with the patients. I don't want I don't want you to deal with me if they have patients in the room, right? Right. This young Caucasian sales rep comes in, and so she was like, um, at this particular point, the patient had already left. Uh-huh. So it just so happened that she walked up to her, walked to the receptionist right after the right patient. after the patient. She got her iPad and her samples and went and get a signature. But yet she was telling me that I had to schedule an appointment in order to, because I mean that's what we do. We 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 drop off samples and we the doctor have to sign off from it on like sign off on it. But if I can like, which I don't do this because it's um not compliant. But in certain instances, you can like drop off samples if the if the office really needs it, and you you can just give the your iPad to an MA or a nurse or a receptionist, and they'll just get the doctor to sign it. Mm-hmm. But I don't do that. But she was really quick. To tell me that, oh, you have to schedule an appointment. But for her, she's like, okay, well, let me just take your samples and give your iPad, whatever, X, Y, Z. It was just it was just weird. Like, she didn't really take time to assess what was going on. Like, she literally just, okay, let me get your iPad. Let me get the samples, and I'll, I'll take care of that for you. But for me, like, you were literally working with a patient, but you made a point to look over and say, do you have you an have appointment? appointment? Right. Bitch. Wow. Aggressively, probably. Yeah. And yeah. that that's a perfect segue into double standards because that's clearly a double standard where you had to be ultra compliant with the rules. Exactly. And she did not. Nope. So I think that we have to wear many faces and, and one of them is, you know, at work we have to put on this persona and there's a double standard when it comes to how we're supposed to look, our timeliness and our work product how we are disciplined, our attitude, all of that. So I guess we could just start at the beginning. Like, how do you feel pressure as a black person with your appearance as it comes to hair, nails, um, your creativity in general, the way you dress? Like, do you feel pressure to look like Susan? Um, And if you don't look like Susan and you look more ethnic, have you gotten pushback from your employers? So for me, um, I feel like, it starts off with the fact that I'm chocolate. Yeah. So if I have, like last week, my nails are done, and I think they were like three different colors. Yeah, they were. (laughs) And I went into the office just randomly. I rarely go into the office, but I went into the office, and I felt self-conscious about my nails. One, I think it was because it's something that I'm not used to anyways. But two, I just think that because... Um, I'm chocolate and that is to me who they deem as the angry black woman is, you know, the darker skin black women. I just felt like, you know, I'm being judged off top. Like the moment I hit the door, I'm being judged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like stuff like that, I try to stay away from like nails that are, you know, super creative. I'll use that word. Um, even my hair right now, like it's crazy long and while I was like buying the hair I was like oh lord I gotta go to work you know like yep. thinking about the fact that I'm gonna have 26 inches of faux locks yeah while you know some people might be uncomfortable by it or they're gonna ask me like how did I do it or whatever and so now I gotta have this conversation about how I did my hair stuff like that is what yeah bothers me or is what I feel whenever I'm thinking about hair or whatever but my clothes not not so much 
And I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, I feel the same. I think professionally, I, I, I like to see myself professionally dressed. Um, I've done like minor, minor, um, experiences, um, experiment, experiment sorry. Um, like I'll go in into office, like I'll go one week into office with just like some slacks and a polo, like just how some of the others would dress. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I just assess, um, their, um, how they respond to me. Um, like how the conversation works. And then the next, the following week, I'll just wear like suits and it's a better response. So I don't know if it has anything to do with the color of my skin or just me uh, looking professional because most pharmaceutical sales reps do, they come suited and booted, but I live in Texas, so I'm not about to pass out. Right, I'm about to Correct. say um, But I do feel some pressure when it comes to my beard, right? Okay. So um, obviously, you know, when black guys grow their beard, it's a little bit more like uh, cold, is it coiled? Coiled coarse hair. Coarse, and coarse. coarse and coiled hair. So it's not going to look as neat as Bob's beard. Or Zach's beard, because Zach is young. Um, <laughs> or Zach's beard, because it's, it's just going to look more bushy, like bushy to me. It does. So I feel I feel that I cannot grow my beard out because people will look at me differently. And I know they will. Even if Zach is right next to me with his beard. You know, it's just it just looks, it's a different look. So um, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a double standard there. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I can better check that it is a double standard. Um, even outside of my feelings and, you know, me just uh, desiring to look polished around these others. Um, because that's one less thing I need because I already have to, like, work extremely hard anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have to um, deal with um, hair growing out of my face and then, you know, you know, I don't know, saying something or reporting me to HR or whatever. Because it just looks different. I'm not going to lie. I can no, look, I, I can easily look like a goon if I grow my hair out within <laughs> six months, my facial hair out in six months. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to be, it's going to be completely different yeah. from, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it sucks. Yeah. However, wait, before, before you move on, I'm, tr- I'm finding ways to um, stand in who I am at work. You know, okay, it, we're gonna get to that. Okay, so right, stay, cool. hold that thought because that's at the end. That's about your silent rebellion. Okay. Okay. So as far as me and appearance, I do feel the same way as you, Michelle. Like pressure to like when I go into the office, like oh lord, what they gonna say now? Like oh, like every time I because I change my hair very frequently. So just because I like new things, I like fresh new hairstyles. So. Every time there's a comment or something like that, I don't necessarily know if the comment is because I'm black or because my hair is different. And that may or may not. I may what never know. What are the know. comments? Usually they're, oh, I like your hair. Oh, your hair's different. Oh, you change your hair all the time. We never know who you are. We think you're oh. a new hire. Um, oh, I didn't recognize you because of your hair. I'm like, my face is the same. My face don't change. Right. <laughs> like, I don't see how people do. Like, I, that's, Yeah. So I don't, but I don't necessarily, I have recently gotten comfortable with the having nails and doing different colors because I don't be in front of clients. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like if I'm talking to, you know, my boss, like she don't care what my nails look like. I mean, I'm not going to go in there with lime green if I'm, unless I'm on vacation. Right. But if I want to do like glitter, like right now I have glitter on my nail, some of my nails, like. I'm going to do that. But I do feel pressure to look a certain way or to to wear my hair a certain way if I'm going on an interview, for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, if I am going to be face-to-face with other clients, 
um, any of that. So that I think is the pressure for me because it's almost like being black, being traditionally black is unprofessional. And Absolutely. That's, and that's how I feel. So I do, I do feel pressure like that. And I also feel pressure being a, a voluptuous woman. I have, I have boobs, I have booty, I have hips. And it's difficult for me. Like, I feel like black women are already over-sexualized. And so I can't wear anything that shows my figure per se. because, Or I don't feel comfortable with that because I feel like I'm being sexualized. And not that anybody's ever said anything to me, like not at work, like no. But I do feel like it, it would be inappropriate for me to do so because I got all of that. And I don't mm. necessarily... You know, it could just be because I do have TNA or, you know, because I've, I've seen like I can't go to work with leggings and a long, long shirt on. I just can't. Do that. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen for me. But I mean, you know, I've seen I've seen white women go to work like that and it's fine. Nobody says anything. I go to work like yeah, that. Yeah, see, I, I don't have a problem with do that. that. That's funny because I think you have on here like, do you feel pressure to look like Susan and like. Just honestly, I do look like. Oh, <laughs> 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 you know, keeping it one hundred, I have a more uh, Caucasian shape mm. than I do. Now I do have hips. I will say that I don't wear a lot of skirts because I have like hips, and I don't want that to be shown. You know, mm -hmm. whatever. But I dress just like them naturally because I think I grew up in like you know, very diverse neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So I dress like them naturally, but I look, I mean, when we go to work, I'm looking just like them. Like, <laughs> we probably got on some of the same shirts. <laughs> I don't feel compelled to do so now, but I did in the past. Like, and it's only because I went to a predominantly white school and I was a complete Oreo that lived in the hood. <laughs> it makes sense. You so, look like you um, as an Oreo child. What yeah, about, oh, I'm and, sorry. And not only that, I, 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 I like the clothes. I mean, naturally, I'm, I'm slightly, you know, and I'm kind of like overweight now, but like my body is natural. I have a swimmer's build. Like whenever I am slim, I just have a swimmer's build and their clothes just fit. They, in air quote, their clothes just fit better on me than the Coogee and the Sean John. Because I don't have ass and I don't have hips to like, you know, because the, the pants just need to hold it up. Correct. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't feel pressured. I mean, not in, not now. Because it's not cool. Do you feel pressure with your work product or with your numbers or with, like, your client satisfaction? Like, do you feel like you have to be twice as good, ten times as better as your white counterparts? And if so, like, what sort of pressures have you been, have you dealt with before? Um, I don't feel that I have to be ten times better, but I did observe that um, they can literally work in um, a media they can work in a mediocre level and still be rewarded. Whereas myself and some of my other colleagues, um, I don't know if it's because we just really, it's just a natural hustle within us, which is why we perform at the top and we get some of the rewards. I haven't really experienced um, someone not performing well who is black and getting rewards, but I have experienced um, a Caucasian person not perform you know, it's at the level of what is accepted to be rewarded. So mm -hmm. um, I just like money. So I think that's probably why I don't I, I just focus on, you know, me just performing hard, performing well so I can make money. I, I haven't really looked at it that way. Yeah. What about you, Mish? Um, Not necessarily, but I, I will interject and say that um, 
it's not just white non-Hispanic people. Hispanic people, maybe it's just my experience and maybe I'm just hyper uh, sensitive to this because I'm in Texas and we might and as well be. And that may be true, yeah. Right. Um, speaking Spanish here. But anyways, um, I have noticed that my Hispanic counterparts can do the least and get the most because they speak Spanish. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay. That's true. And so... I'm kind of like Justin, like I just naturally work. I just naturally do my job. Mm -hmm. Like it's just in me to hustle like that. So I have an experience that I feel like I need to work 10 times harder because it's probably I'm just naturally doing that. But I feel like, I mean, Guadalupe didn't do that much. And y'all up here giving her all of this praise because she speaks another language. And I can really get into how I feel about the other language, but I'm just saying she didn't do that much mm. for y'all to be given the praise that you're given. Mm. And they missteps and they're still given even more like lead way to miss those things because, well, you hold this. So you're valuable for just that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't miss things. Yeah. We work in medical and behavioral field. You can't miss things in those fields. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, how are they not going to have consequences for missing those things when others will? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I want to point out that it's in Texas, it's not just white people that I feel like we're going up against in the office. Well, at least for me in my field, it's not. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of Hispanics that I feel like I'm up against at all times. And I haven't had the I haven't had the same experience just because I don't we we literally only have that one guy that's Hispanic in our office that's an attorney. So um, I mean there are plenty of of Hispanic women and men that work in like admin and do like secretarial work. So I haven't had that same experience, but I do see what you're saying as far as the mediocrity and um, as far as like you I I feel the pressure to have to do more just to meet them at mediocre. Mm. Um, and it's, it's almost as if work product isn't as important for them. It's about how cool they are with such and such, how many times they go to lunch with so-and-so and and how many times they going to play golf with him and his brother and what they're going to talk about when they have, when they play golf. Like it's more so about this like social construct than it is about work product. And the work product can be mediocre, but the social skills or whatever in quotes can be uh, top notch. And that person is getting all the praise and all like they're able to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, I don't really have nothing to talk about with y'all. So I don't get that praise, even though my work product is better. So right. that I think goes like that's my pressures. I feel like I have to be twice as good with my work product. Because I can't relate to you on a social level. And I, I've, I felt that too. And, and it's, again, with um, white Hispanics, they just, they'll sit at a table and speak Spanish. They all eat lunch together. This was when I was working in another office. And mm-hmm. they would, like, all sit and eat lunch together and only speak Spanish. <laughs> and even if I tried to sit at this table, I would just be sitting here. Mm-hmm. So I can't you know, relate to you guys. And I can't relate to the supervisors because you all are sitting here, you know, pretty much clicking up. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you don't have that opportunity to get in and relate to them in any way because they only want to relate to themselves. Yeah. And that's a difficult part, too, is like, I mean, there there are a group of people who go to lunch every day together in my office that sit near me. I could ask them to go with them, but did did he ask if he could go or did you invite him? Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so there's this aspect where it's like, you know, the the counter to my I feel excluded argument is, oh, well, if you would ask, they would have said yes. Mm. Right. But, you know, but did everybody have to ask? Is that equal footing? Is that putting me on equal footing with everyone else? And so... You know, it just it, it makes for an uncomfortable situation in employment situations because you not only feel like you have to be twice as good with your work product, or I only feel like not only do I feel that way, but I also feel like I have to go into overdrive with how my attitude is. I feel mm-hmm. like I have to be overly nice. I can't be aggressive. I can't raise my voice if I'm excited or if I disagree with something. I cannot have... um a stank attitude. Maybe I'm having a bad day. Maybe it has nothing to do with this job, but I'm really just having a bad day. I can't have a bad attitude. I can't close my door and not talk to nobody, you know? And so that's, I think another part of it, there's a double standard there is like, if I'm angry, it's because I'm black. I'm not angry because what I'm angry about is is valid to be angry about. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, rolling into a different topics area. Like, that is one of the biggest ones for me. Ones for me is that I can't show my genuine emotion about something because automatically I'm looked at, oh, well, she's just, I mean, she's a black woman, so she's going to be angry. So, I mean, it's, it's fine, <laughs> you know, or I can't complain about or demand something without being too aggressive without them having something to say about me falling short in another area. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the sad part about it is whenever you are labeled as the angry person or the person who is caught up in, into their feelings and emotions, they don't take you seriously. Right. They don't take you. They don't take what you have to say serious at all. Right. So after that, that's after it. that, that's once they, they have identified that you are this person, regardless of what you say is, it is what it is. Like they're not, they're not going to take you serious, which is it's, it's pathetic and it's sad. It which is, is sad. why I'm like, I'm for checking people, you know, a, a nice corporate check. And just like you did him whenever he tried, you know, whenever you ask him, like, uh, when have I ever been, you know, showed any sort of aggression to you? Yeah. You know, I think that's a nice little check. Like, you're completely wrong. And I see what you're doing. Yeah. I've never done that before. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I can't say that I've necessarily ran into issues at work um, partly because work is work to me mm-hmm. so I try to steer because I have other things going on in my personal life the last place where I'm going to let people rap, you know like r- ruffle my feathers is work Yeah, because it's like well I can go home and I don't have to deal with you they're still going to sign my check so that's pretty much the way I feel like and then I've also been blessed to have supervisors that haven't taken me to those levels. Like, I really have had, like, my supervisor right now is black. So, like, she's really supportive. Mm-hmm. And my supervisor supervisor before that was very supportive as well. Mm-hmm. So I've just been fortunate to not have to have those things happen at work. But um, I'm talking about with others. Mm-hmm. But um, I imagine if I ran into it, I would probably have to be the one that controls the situation. 
you know, as far as like not getting upset, because if I did get upset, then I would be wrong. Because when I get upset, I'm my voice is very deep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm black, so they're going to bring that in. And it's just going to be like, well, she just talked to me, however. And it's like, you were talking like that also. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and another way how I deal with it, also, whenever I am doing the check-in, I just sometimes, and I, I personally just stick to the facts. Yeah. That way, yeah, I may be aggressive. And I, you may sense a little emotion, but the facts are the facts that are the fucking facts. You understand <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? And then I'm going to like probably email somebody afterwards and just like just to let them know exactly what happened, right. especially my superior, which I can do that. Um, you know, with my current job, I don't know about y'all, but I can do that. But I don't even I mean, I think so. I think arguing from a point of facts is is safe. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, you should never bring your feelings into it usually. Although, but how I can found, you not bring no, your feelings into it whenever they assume? No, no, I that agree you're with liking you. your feelings. I I'm say, like, I say that, but I've done it. Yeah. I've been the person that's been like, "Well, this made me feel like <laughs> right. X, Y, Z," because you know, I mean that that's, I mean, in employment discrimination cases, I mean, uh, creating an environment, a hostile environment, is is one of those things, and mm. a hostile environment is not only based on objective factors, but it's also how that person felt. It, yeah. And how everything, you know, surrounding the situation made that person feel. Right. So it is about your feelings in, in the corporate world. And I feel like, you know, getting into the discipline factor, like, you know, um, I have felt like I have been disciplined harshly in positions for similar transgressions than my white or other counterparts. And you know, have have you guys ever dealt with something like that where you felt like you were judged a little more harshly than an other based on similar uh, situations that have happened? Absolutely. Um, I ran, this is when I was living in Atlanta, I ran into a situation where um, in the field that I work in, things are constantly changing. Like, there's no day that's going to be the same. And so there were a few of us that I think had gotten... Um, some things wrong with notes and things like that. And while my counterparts were given these verbal warnings, mm-hmm. my supervisor decided that she was going to write me up, like a written write-up. Mm. And so she's telling me, not knowing that I've already talked to my counterparts, and right. they told me what happened with them. Right. But she's telling me what's going on, and it's the exact same thing. So. I'm kind of like Justin. I, I keep the facts straight. Mm-hmm. And so she asked me to sign it. You know, she passed it to me and asked me to sign it. And I turned it over. And I wrote all of the things that she had said that were very racially questionable. Mm. And I said, so we can either. <laughs> oh, I love that. Throw this away. And I passed it back to her and let her read it. And I said, we can either throw this away or we can take this to HR. Mm. Whichever one you prefer. What did she say? Girl, she tore that thing up with the quickness. <laughs> she she'd really said some out-of-pocket things. This was a white woman that dated black guys and thought it was okay when we're all, like, you know, having uh, office time and, like, it might be lunch. We're all mm-hmm. eating together. Mm-hmm. And we're all talking, her subordinates, you know. Mm-hmm. So she wants to get in the conversation too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and said some pretty inappropriate things about dating black men 
And um, did she have the haircut with the um the shaved in the back with the asymmetrical? No, vibe? she probably had the streaks, <laughs> the red hair she with had, the blonde streaks. She has streaks, them heavy streaks. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, and so she probably forgot or just. Yeah, just was uh, what's the word? Irresponsible yeah. in your conversation right. with your subordinates, yeah. and then you think you're gonna write me up? Is this is absolutely not happening? Yeah, because no one else was written up. So yeah. Michelle's not signing this. Michelle's gonna write on the back of this, and then you have the decision to either let this go and this be a verbal warning like everyone else got, or we go to HR, whichever wow. one you prefer. What about you, Justin? I don't know. Like, I really don't know if I've ever been in that situation, which I'm sure I have. But probably outside of, like, this current job and my previous job, mm-hmm. I was, like, any any job before then, I was a tad bit, like, borderline, like, just a trifling worker. So anything <laughs> that came to me, I was like, okay, well, damn, they finally caught me, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. They I can't really. Me. Yeah, they got But I can't really think of anything right now or if it was that blatant. I mean, you know, just in your face of something that I can, um, you know, I guess identify with. But I don't know. I'm going to have to just be on the lookout on that. I'm sure. I'm sure something, I, something has something happened, happened. Yeah, but yeah. I just can't identify with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, my situation, um, yeah, I don't know if it's been a specific time where I've been disciplined more harshly for the same action or what but I just I do feel like sometimes it's it's difficult for me to speak up about certain things because of facial expressions or because of reactions from people versus other people so and others meaning you know white people and I think the the counter argument to that is well you weren't in the meeting so you don't know how we reacted to them you weren't there, you know, you don't know, but it's kind of like, I know based on how they reacted after they came out of the meeting, whether or not it was a good meeting or a bad meeting. Um, And I, you know what, prime example, there is an associate, white associate at my firm who leaves almost every Thursday and Friday at two o'clock PM. Don't nobody say nothing. (laughs) Don't nobody do nothing. Be out. Just be chilling. Just out. Going to get a tan. Let me leave the office at two o'clock. <laughs> they literally, the entire office is like calling my phone, <laughs> emailing me incessantly. Really? Mind you, when I'm in the office, nobody barely like comes in my office. Nobody really emails me. Nobody really talks to me. Not that they don't be, they don't be ignoring me, but it's just like, I'm just, yeah. let me leave though. What? Yeah. You don't have a case? That sound like a case. No, 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 not even Listen, close. Listen, I would plop my webcam up. Okay, you see, not you even see, close. You see Zach leaving on this day. No, because they'll cover it up and say, "Well, you don't know that we've already uh, talked with Zach, and we know that he's gonna leave every Friday and whatever." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they'll cover it up. Oh, that's the yeah. That's gonna be the the argument against it. But yeah, that's. Yeah, there's just a double standard, you know, with a lot of different things. I mean, we could go on and on. And we are going to go on and on on part two of this episode because there's just so much to unpack and plow through. And we just have like 10 more points that we want to make. But we just do not have time and we don't want to be on this episode for three hours. (laughs) Right. So um, this was very um, cathartic. 
and it, it was able you were able to get some stuff out i know i was yeah, yeah so do yeah i think mostly i think something that i will take away from it is that i have to stand on on my accomplishments and i have to mentally um keep in the forefront of my mind that i'm here for a reason and just continue to do what i have to do and not worry about all these double standards and not worry about you know all the mental things that i go through at work yeah unless it's in your face mm, unless yeah. it's in my face but i think most of my issues are more mental um than it being you know obviously in my face yeah right so yeah i think i definitely you know piggybacking on you is just that um appreciate the people that don't treat me any different That's like good. i said earlier like i've i've never had any run-ins with the doctors and um they've always been very receptive to me coming into the hospitals whatever my recommendations are and that makes me feel good like yeah. i walk out of the hospital knowing that even if the rn didn't appreciate me being there the md did and so at the end of the day that's what matters because the doctor and myself are the ones that are gonna talk to the patient Mm -hmm. so and just making sure that i'm doing the job that i'm there to do yeah yeah my job is obviously there to help people so as long as i feel like i'm helping my clients i feel like i've done most definitely most definitely so y'all we have a very interesting millennial moment y'all it's kind of like it's it's interesting i'm glad she wrote in yeah y'all yeah okay let let me just get to it okay all right it says hey millie love crew my name is tika and i'm a 25 year old female from oakland california i'm a bit i'm in a bit of a pickle (laughs) (laughs) that's cute i began dating this guy who is 35 that works in a law firm next to the office i am a receptionist at we begin to chat in passing and then we begin to date she he works in a law firm and Mm -hmm. she works like in the office building next 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 to next somewhere and she's a receptionist there okay all right we begin to chat in passing and then we begin to date (laughs) it it was that easy huh um a few weeks in i find out that he is married however him and his wife live separately unfortunately due to his double life he has he was sent to jail after he returned from jail he moved in with his wife he Mm. moved in with his wife Mm. what's ironic is that prior to finding out who his wife was i had already built some sort of relationship with her because we go to the same nail salon (laughs) oh my god she would vent to me about her relationship and now i know she's in a relationship with him oh my god so i know all of their tea she knows all of their tea right now he's living with her and telling me that he doesn't want me to move on and that I can't talk to any other guys. What frustrates me is that I'm in a situ- I'm in this situation and feelings are involved. I hate to say it, but I like him and I don't want to leave. I feel my feel I feel my feelings getting stronger and I don't want to lose him. Why do I feel this way? You've already lost him, baby girl. You never had him. Never ever. Whitney Houston. You never had him. And I'm for and I un- okay, so let's just start from the beginning. Okay, yeah. She didn't know he was married. Is she that didn't. a true statement? She didn't. So he lied. So he lied. He's right. a liar. Right. But she didn't know he was married. Correct. And she she fell into like deep like with him before <laughs> she knew he was married. Right. Um, 
I understand. <laughs> I don't want to feel like I'm disconnected because I've never been there, but mm. I do understand how that could happen. Because when you find a man that you feel like is a good man and he fine and he making coin and you be like, dang, I don't got to be a good one. And you go and he work at a law firm and you and then, you know, you don't you don't feel in deep like quick. Right, right, right. After like three or four, really after three or four <laughs> days, you in like. So I get it. And I'm not judging you by any means. But baby girl, you never had him. And unfortunately, you won't really ever, have, ever him. have him and it, and as much as i want y'all to have a happily ever after even if he does choose you you were never his first choice and is so he went back to his wife right and so later <laughs> that could be circumstance if y'all get back together if y'all do get together and he quote-unquote chooses you he's also gonna choose someone else just like so you get you get a man or you you lose, you lose a, man a man the way you the get way him. you got him right and and i hate to be cliche <laughs> for real but Sorry. like i just this whole married man thing it's just it's just, it's so sticky like i just would never want to be the wife that has to to deal with that and she got to chill on it. So here's the here's it. the thing. I feel like she's not chilling on it, right? She's not chilling on because it because she was like, I know who she is, and based like I feel in which she wrote, and uh, I'm I, I love how they write in all caps when they send the emails. <laughs> she wrote um, in all caps. She was like, so now I know all of their tea. So whenever you speak in that type of lingo, I feel she like you, you be she being petty. She so being I feel petty. like she know she know what situation she's in. And it's like, nah, all my feelings involved. Nah, bitch. You know this lady. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you was in you was in a situation and you find out he was married and you find out who the girl was. So you kind of know the girl. Yeah, but I mean, they ain't friends. They I mean, ain't she friends. has no obligation to the old to the girl. Except for the girl is his wife. But outside of the wifely thing, which is a big deal, obviously. But outside yeah. of that, like she ain't got no obligation to her. She she really doesn't have to tell her anything. She just needs to chill on it. Okay, got you. Okay, that makes sense. What you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just all the way around messed up situation. Like, it's trash, period. Yeah. Like, throw it away in the garbage, yeah. in the sea, wherever you need to throw in it. In the sea. Let it go because yeah. he's a liar. So, your relationship started on false pretenses. Yeah. It's never going to go. I, I just right, feel like it's never right. going to go anywhere past that anyways. It's a At lesson point, lost for her. It's a lesson lost. That's it. Yeah. Baby girl, take it for what it is. Keep <laughs> on moving. God will send you another one. Do not drag yourself through this because all you're going to do is take yourself through hurt and pain because like you said Cara, he's not gonna choose her yeah he's and not. even if he did quote unquote choose her who wants a man like that yeah you're a liar you're a cheater he probably has a family so they got kids probably you're a neglector because you're neglecting your family and you went to jail right Listen, and it could be a white collar crime. Right. I ain't saying that, you know, somebody cannot come out of prison and be rehabilitated. Sheree. <laughs> not Sheree. What's her name? The girl for um what is it called? Housewives of Phaedra? Atlanta? Phaedra. Saying oh. that whatchamacallit committed a white collar crime. Correct. Uh Apollo. Apollo, cars. yeah. That ain't no white that collar. That is no white collar crime. <laughs> That's so I'm just saying that, you yeah. know, 
he got too many strikes. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. Why? I mean, don't don't put yourself through that. I don't know if I mentioned this, but he's thirty five and she's twenty five. So there's a, there has to be a little bit of manipulation going. Like he had, she has to, she has to identify that he's trying to manipulate her. It's and a little I, bit of R. Kelly going on, right? Right. There. And not only that, I, the D That's is probably uh, yeah. That is we gotta <laughs> talk about that. As well as what the health. Remind me to talk about what the health next week. Okay. But. Literally, the D is probably the best she's ever had in her life. Not only is it 35-year-old D, but it's married D. Yeah. And even though she didn't know it was married D, I feel like married D is that like established D. And that D is everything. He was giving it to her. He was giving it to her raw, okay? And just like on that scissor song. That's the problem right there. You're his nine to five. I'm the weekend. You let him go in your raw. Yeah. That's why them feelings is involved, girl. Baby, them emotions is all over the place. (laughs) Like like the people are saying now, sis. (laughs) Right. Sis, let that go. I am not your sis. Yeah, she need to chill on it because otherwise you going to see the wife again and you're going to be petty with her. And she's going to eventually, she's going to eventually know who you are. She's going to yeah, find out that you, because all of a sudden you won't be able to control your emotions when you see her. And then you're going to start acting stain. And she's gonna, you're going to start acting stain. She's going to try to, like, she's going to, she's going to oh, figure put, it out. We put two and two together yeah. quick. Oh, she didn't speak to me last week. Okay. Let me figure out what she got going on. Right. Because we don't is, pick it up quick. Listen, I feel sorry for the wife, but the wife is stupid too, because y'all was separated. Then you went to jail and then you made him, you let him come back. Correct. You would have to go people, to the listen, halfway house. Listen, Don't people, listen, though, people need to chill. But people need to like stop hyping marriage and family up like that. Like you're literally listen. Her, her, yeah, you're literally living in misery just because of like family. Oh my gosh, that's my husband. But you're killing yourself. I disagree with that, but that's another topic for another day. Because I think that you should. I do I agree with you to make it work. You do do whatever, but you. Okay, I think there's enough statistics that shows that don't be nobody's fool. No, and I agree with you there. And I'm but, not saying I mean, that that's she what it to, is. I'm not saying that she has to stay if she finds out he's cheating. That's not what I'm saying. I know I'm talking about the marriage, and yeah, I think we talking maybe, about the same thing. Yeah, and maybe the maybe the marriage, maybe it was his idea to separate. Maybe there was nothing wrong with it. We don't know the background about why he act. They were living, but he's apart. still trying to like he's still telling this young girl that. Don't talk to any other guys. He's still oh, trying he to like. For that. He's dead wrong for that. So I feel that he's they're trifling. They still messing around. He's he wants. He's a man. Listen, I have I have and it's it's terrible, but I've witnessed a lot of um good on paper men. Oh, good yeah. on paper. Oh yeah. Trash on the weekends. And didn't come around to being a, like a really, really good man until after they turned 55. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm literally, I mean, act the fool through. It. And it's, it's not discouraging, but like I feel that. It's real life. It's real life. So don't go into these marriages. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, no, we're going I, no, to a whole nother no, no, thing. No, no. Yeah. I agree with you. Me yeah, and my mind. mom just had this conversation. Do not put anybody on a pedestal. Everybody Ever. will do something. Exactly. And so true. don't don't be so obsessed with the person that you're with that you can't see past them potentially fucking up. And that's where we all go wrong when it comes to relationships. It's like, oh no, you can't do this. You can't do me any blind. harm. Love is oh, I get it now. And that is where that girl is. Love is blind. She blind. And she's twenty five. She blind. She knows. She knows. She stigmatized is what she is. It is exactly. And you know what these it little is. kids nowadays they live in petty. So she's probably just waiting for that date until she see the wife. Yeah. 
Anyways, I mean, Tika, chill on it. Yeah. Before you get your, your life messed up. Yeah, Tika, go on Because the go wife on. could just release all of her frustration on your ass. Seriously. So. And you don't know how old her kids is. If he's 35, they might have like a 15-year-old. He can come fight you. Correct. After she gonna school. fight. I mean. After school. After school. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you got some thoughts for Tika and the wife, Hit us up on Twitter <laughs> so we can see what y'all want to say to Tika. Yeah, Tika need help with Tika thing. Need. That baby 25, girl. Go, get into somebody's graduate program and Hello. focus on school. Hello. How about that? All right, y'all. Also, um, she could be done. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all so much for listening to episode 26. It has been a pleasure. And we will do part two of Being Black at Work next week. Next so week. if you have any questions that you want, to us to answer or any scenarios you want us to talk about please hit us up and you can email us at info at millenniallove.com and we always respond bye absolutely stay black all right y'all stay black and die oh sorry no (laughs) (laughs) please stay black and live did you live. say stay black and die? No, no she said stay said black that. and die. Because, you know, my mama said I ain't got to do nothing but stay black and die. I can't. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye. 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 <laughs>